0: This is a conversation on Amazon and Bessemer, the PRO Act, and Labor Organizing. Right. No, I mean, the one thing I took from Bessemer was that it was a confirmation, and this this might be crude, but I'll just say it. It's pretty much a confirmation that the way that big labor has been uh, running their campaigns and running internally, they're just not... They're not built for the test ahead, which is to organize, you know, um, on a large scale, like a place like Amazon or, you know, what they tried with Walmart a few years ago.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, the teams just seem to be thinking that they can do something like at Walmart, which is uh, was a failure. I mean, it exposed a lot of things about the way Walmart treats its employees, but it didn't change anything. Yeah.
0: And let's be specific about like the model we're talking about that big labor uses now, right? Which is, this it's um, yeah. mo- mainly run as a public relations campaign first, and then an organizing drive second, right? Um,
1: yeah, it's not even so clear it's an organizing drive. I mean, what what the RWDSU uh, tried to do in Bessemer was an inept organizing drive. Uh, but at Walmarts, in spite of the fact that they said that they're, uh, they were trying to organize the workers, it's pretty clear that all they wanted from the workers were some, uh, token, uh, walkouts, uh, very short, very small, uh, that's legally protected by the way, if you do it right. Uh, but, and and they were careful about that sort of thing, uh but it didn't actually shake the corporation one little bit. Uh, You know, the politicians have just never delivered for working people, uh, anything that working people weren't already winning the fight for. Yeah, I mean, Bezos admits that uh, Amazon workers uh, have a uh, bad deal, and he says Amazon has to do a better job and by way of, of making that concrete, he announced that, or Amazon announced, that they're raising wages. Now, do you suppose he'd be talking about that if uh, he didn't know uh, that workers at Amazon are thinking about organizing, and not just in Alabama? Their gripes with Amazon are, n- are not just, or even mainly about wages. Here's the latest revelation about conditions at Amazon. After denying it, Amazon admits that some of their workers are pushed so hard that they can't get to the bathroom on the limited breaks that – Amazon offers, this is particularly a problem with drivers who carry around bottles in their little vans to pee in so that they can try to keep up with the monstrous schedules that the dispatchers are giving them.
0: Right. I heard for women too, they, um, well, I mean, for for all sexes they were shitting in bags.
1: And you know, at first Amazon's PR people d- denied this was going on. One of them, you know, a congressman who apparently has been a union member, raised this issue and Amazon uh Amazon said, Do "You think that can't be true. Nobody would work for us if that was true." This prompted a number of news organizations to go out and talk to some Amazon workers and a few days later uh, Amazon had to admit that um, there was this problem. In response to the problem, or at least to pretend that they're responding to the problem, uh, they started texting their drivers, not their warehouse workers, uh, with a survey. Uh, did you read about that, Steve? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's uh, it just shows how far disconnected the management is from the condition of the workers where you know, they didn't even think uh, to ask, you know, <laughs> to ever ask about if they need to go to the bathroom or not. So, yeah, I saw that survey where it's, uh, what did it have, the, um, the three choices?
1: Yeah, and one of the choices, uh, the thing is actually worded as follows. Are you able to find open restrooms for use while making deliveries? And they had four choices. None of them were I don't have enough time given the workloads to go find a restroom. Uh, and, uh, the four choices were, uh, no, I'm not being allowed access to open restrooms, which is probably a problem in some cases. Uh, you make a, you know, you make it delivery at somebody's house. Uh, maybe they're not going to let you in to use the restroom. Uh, there are no restrooms open. I do not know how to search for restrooms. Mm-hmm. And yes, I can find open restaurants, uh, restrooms to use when needed. You know, this is not just an issue for Amazon drivers. It's also an issue for bus drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think in uh, Alameda County, there've been some, uh, you know, pretty visible complaints about that. Uh,
0: yeah, I've been on a bus that stopped mid-route, and the, the driver just said, hey, sorry, we got to stop here. I got to use the bathroom. <laughs> and he went to this uh, mask shop. It was like this, like I don't know, all types of masks and costumes. And I'm guessing, you know, he, he went, was gone for about five minutes, came back, and he had a mask. So I'm, I'm assuming the person who owned the shop was like, yeah, you can use the bathroom, but you got to buy something, you know? <laughs> so he comes back with this, like, wooded mask and uh, continues on the route. But anyways. You
1: well, know, given given the way things are uh, at Amazon, it's certainly understandable that in spite of the defeat at Bessemer, workers are reaching out uh, to different unions to see what can be done about their conditions. And the head of the Teamsters Union has been in the news uh he says he has a plan to help Amazon workers unionize, but he's awfully vague about it. Uh, reading team, between-
0: The Teamsters would be the driver side, right?
1: Well, actually, Teamsters represent warehouse workers too. Oh, okay. Uh, the, uh, uh, at UPS, for example, they represent every blue collar worker. Uh, I don't, th- I, and in some, yeah, and also office workers. I think in at least some parts of the country, but they certainly represent the people who load the trucks, who unload, you know, uh, load the delivery vans, unload the tractor trailers that are bringing stuff in. Uh, Hoffa says something interesting uh, that uh, uh, he hopes that all the unions will cooperate in helping the workers uh, across the country. And he's right, this is a very rich and powerful company and it would be great if the unions would cooperate. The problem is the unions aren't real good at cooperating uh, in these kinds of efforts. And uh, Hoffa himself has a very poor record of uh, helping his own members stand up to their biggest employer which is ups mm-hmm. uh, hop is up for uh he is uh term is up uh in the spring uh, he's not running again and it will be interesting to see if the teamsters can elect um, you know somebody with a real plan uh, to organize at amazon and a willingness to lead the workers into uh, a fight over the UPS contract, which could set a, the tone for uh, labor for for worker uh, action uh, for all over the country, because it's such a big company and. In 1994, I think, uh, they had a two-week strike, and everybody noticed this. And it was a demonstration that workers, when they organize, can have some a real impact. Uh, UPS drivers, especially during the pandemic, have been working huge amounts of hours. Uh, but it's always been a high-pressure job. And uh, it the drivers work a lot of hours. Uh, And some of them want the overtime, uh, but it's not voluntary. So if you're going to stay there, you're going to have to work overtime. On the other hand, most of the warehousing is done by part-time workers. company has eliminated years ago, decades ago, full-time warehouse workers. And instead, they have a high turnover of part-time workers, many of whom are young. and maybe some of them are in college, uh, but, uh, uh, the, uh, there's no way that you could stay, uh, you know, there for very long. If you wanted to eat regularly, the wages are, have been low. I'm not sure what they are now. If we're going to do, if we're going to use this segment, I'll look up what the wages are. Uh, and, uh, uh in fact, uh, the company was having a lot of trouble five years ago, getting people to work in the warehouses, uh, in the, uh, so they raised wages slightly on their own. But the big problem is that, uh, uh, you know, the teamsters doesn't really organize the warehouse workers. They collect dues from them, but they don't organize them.
0: Yeah. I mean, from, uh, I got this chart up right now and it says it's from 2015. So I'm sure it's, there's it much more, but at the, at that time there's 440,000 plus uh, workers, 73% of it was non-operations or uh, non-management operations. So I'm assuming that's the warehouse and drivers and, um, yeah. and they were split half full-time and part-time. Uh, so I'm, I mean, that's from the people that I've known in UPS, I think uh that's pretty, uh, you know, cause it's one of those seasonal workplaces where they, they hire a lot. Right. Yeah. They a do lot of people off and then, um, mm-hmm. but there does seem this <clears throat> to be this, uh, culture of like, well, I'll get in part time and then prove myself or get lucky and then hopefully get like the juicy full-time position. So it has this, like they have this, uh, you know, perpetual carrot stick. Uh, for right. And,
1: there. and, you know, when they struck UPS uh, in the middle 90s, I think it was 95, they had the slogan, part-time work doesn't. And they got some contract language at the end of the strike that, you know, on paper, compelled UPS to convert some of the part-time jobs into full-time jobs. But the Hoffa regime never enforced that contract and uh, the situation is as bad for part-time work there uh, as it was in 1995. Hopefully, the Teamsters will, uh, members will throw up some new leaders uh, at UPS who want to make a fight, uh, because uh, there's absolutely no doubt that uh, UPS is the kind of company, if they have a strike by the workers, it's not going to be a company that can operate. Uh, there's no way that they could do anything except maybe airborne freight, airborne package delivery, I mean, uh, with scabs. They have a lot of managers, uh, right. but but there's just no way that the pack, ground package car delivery could be uh, run with, with scabs. Uh, the Teamsters, you know, can shut down a lot of commerce in this country, and one of the threats uh, that teams uh, Teamster strike would have to think about is uh, what to do if the government puts a Taft Hartley injunction on them. Right. But there, there are a couple of, of uh, uh, problems with uh, uh, the idea of organizing at at. At Amazon, organizing drivers at Amazon, one of them is that they're presently classed as independent contractors, and under the law as it presently exists, uh, independent contractors can't join a union. Now, this is an issue that's uh, uh, coming up in uh, uh, discussions of the pro act. Uh, uh, you know, let. Let's tell me what you think people know about the Pro Act.
0: Alright, so I'm like your liberal co-worker who considers himself middle class, and uh we might work in the union shop, we might not, but I come up to you and I say, Hey Rust, uh have you heard about this pro act? Is it gonna uh you know is it gonna save the unions? Are are we gonna rebuild uh the middle class? And I ask this because in uh, Biden's address, he quotes, you know, he did this whole thing about, you know, building back America, build back better, whatever. But uh, one quote stuck out to me. He said, you know, wall street did not build this country. The middle class built this country and unions built the middle class, you know, in this 2.3 trillion dollar uh, infrastructure spending um, plan uh, comments. So, I mean, basically my question is that is, is the PRO Act, you know, are the motivations behind having the PRO Act have anything to do, you know, with this idea of um, giving the middle class power back? Is that, is this like the Democrats sort of, um, you know, just giving lip service to this idea of the middle class? Is the PRO Act going to
1: save us? Well, let's unpack this. Uh the, the first thing to say is that uh, the middle class is a myth. If you ask, if you ask the question, who built America? It's, he's right. It wasn't Wall Street. It was the working class. And this idea that there's a middle class is a way to uh, throw a smokescreen over how workers fought to get a better standard of living in a situation where they were creating all the wealth and most of it was going to the 1%. Uh, Will the PRO Act help workers? If they passed it, it would make certain kind of organizing easier. I mean, if they passed it and enforced it, which uh, is a separate question, but... There's no sign right the moment that the Democrats are going to pass it. In fact, the ideas in the PRO Act, uh, or at least the core ideas in the PRO Act, have been proposed during each one of the last three Democratic Party administrations when they had control of not only the White House, but also the uh, Congress. In the Carter administration, the unions uh, were uh, rightfully alarmed about the fact Bosses were breaking strikes by uh, uh, hiring permanent replacements, which the Supreme Court had gave, given them the power to do. They wanted to make that illegal. The Carter didn't deliver. Uh, the Democratic Party as a whole didn't deliver. During the Clinton administration, uh, the uh, same ideas came up uh The situation had gotten worse for the unions, and they were pushing for changes in the labor law, and the Democrats, uh, for a period of time, controlled both houses of Congress and the White House. And Clinton put through NAFTA, but he didn't put through uh, anything that would give the unions more leverage over the economy, which is what was needed at that point according to the unions. And they continue to support the Democrats. And the same thing happened during Obama's administration. The Employee Fair Choice Act was, uh, uh, you know, thrown aside uh, in the first two years of Obama's administration when he had both houses of Congress. So the odds are not good the Democrats are going to, you know, pass the PRO Act. And I think that the publicity it's getting is mostly to make the Democrats look like they're on the side of the workers without actually having to do anything.
0: Right. Can't count on uh, the Democrats. The working class certainly shouldn't.
1: Right. Working class needs to take off the blinders and see the society for how it is. We make the wealth and it mostly goes to the 1%. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I guess the uh, next task is to make the organizations who can, you know, keep that wealth and uh, use it for. Yeah, well, class. that is
1: that is that is the problem. The working <laughs> class needs organization that isn't, you know, at its basis compromised. The idea that work the unions push the idea that workers and the bosses have some common interests. I mean. We don't have jobs if there's no production. The boss doesn't have profits if there's no production. So we have a common interest in, in keeping production going. And the only issue between us is how we share the uh, the goodies. And that completely misunderstands who actually generates the wealth. I mean, it's not like nobody has ever thought of this problem before. There's a famous union song about uh, Uh, about how uh, without our brains and muscle, not a single wheel would turn. So, you know, there's a background in American working class history that understands that actually we're exploited. We don't have a partnership. We're exploited by the owners,